0: received many emails regarding the Laura Ingalls Wilder situation, Yeah, including one from uh, Jeff who writes, we need a category that is more than the end of the world, it's almost over, or I just wasn't made for these times. We need a, I can't make this stuff up fast enough category. He was among many emailers who uh, were alarmed. I've told you, librarians are on the front line of the mystery, Right.
1: For year for for decades, I would say, you've been saying that
0: a division of the American Library Association is removing author Laura Ingalls Wilder's Wilder's name from a prestigious children's book award because of her of her portrayal of minorities, specifically blacks and Native Americans, in the best-selling classic uh, books. According to the association's website, the board of the Association for Library Service to Children unanimously decided to change the name of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal to the Children's Literature Legacy Award. That decision came Saturday at a meeting in New Orleans. The... uh, uh, Association for Library Service to Children said that Wilder includes expressions of stereotypical attitudes inconsistent with the organization's core values of inclusiveness, integrity, and respect, and responsiveness. And noted that the author's legacy is complex and not universally embraced. There's a problem with these uh, precious uh, people. Uh, they didn't write the books, so they're but so they're now appointing themselves. As, though, uh, as the group that can, that can censor what she wrote. They didn't write anything. Right. According to the organization's website, the Children's Literature Legacy Award honors an author or illustrator whose books published in the United States have made, over a period of years, a significant and lasting contribution to children's literature through books that demonstrate integrity and respect for all children's lives and experiences. Wilder received the first award in 1954. The award was subsequently presented uh, as the Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal every five years between 1960 and 1980, every three years between 1980 and 2001, and every two years between 01 and 2016, and annually since. Why did they just get around to it now? I don't understand that. What they, Somebody caught on. Well, so add her to what? Harper Lee, Mark Twain. uh, We're just going to wipe out the history until it's gone completely. She used the language of her time, just like Mark Twain did. Just like Harper Lee did. Right. But now you're going to get a library group that's going to apply their modern sensibilities to works written in early 20th century. This isn't the first time. Uh, In October, a school in Biloxi, Mississippi, pulled To Kill a Mockingbird from its 8th grade English arts curriculum after school officials determined the book featured problematic language and themes. Of course, that book only won the 1961 Pulitzer Prize for Fiction, To Kill a Mockingbird, published in 1960. The book and subsequent film, which was released in 1962, revolves around a Southern attorney who defends a black man against false rape charge and teaches his children about prejudices and racism. That isn't that isn't good
1: enough today. Right. That, it, they didn't teach him well enough.
0: To note, the American Library Association lists To Kill a Mockingbird as one of the most banned or challenged books in school curriculums. Isn't that a shame?
1: With that message, yes. it's It's a shame that they're not everybody should be should read it not be forced to i i've, I've read never
0: it. read uh, the little house on the prairie books
1: uh well you've seen the episode but i i'm certainly aware of it and uh yeah pa caught chicken named it Kiev mm-hmm. <laughs> what now pa caught a chicken and named it kiev did that really happen yeah now? that would happened in the uh that was Laura like laura said that to Mary but it's funny because he caught a chicken and he named the chicken Kiev. Chicken Kiev. Chicken Kiev. Was it Mary the blind one? Mary uh, was blind. Yeah. yeah, that kind of they really kind of lost me in this in the series. Yeah. Well,
0: as Adam. much as 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 casual as my exposure to the to the television series would have been, uh, I'm unaware of any uh, use of racial uh, negativity or anything.
1: This is the first I've when I saw this, this is the first I've ever heard of that. I mean, she was in Minnesota. What, what was she in? What was it called? Walnut Grove? Walnut Grove. Yeah, but she's born in South Dakota. Laura was. Yeah, but I'm just saying she was in the Midwest. I mean, it was... Um... Well, let's put it this way. No, nothing is safe
0: from the revisionists. No. Nothing is no. safe from the revisionists. I'm sure Laura Ingalls Wilder, uh, just like Harper Lee and just like Mark Twain and just like anyone else who's now not safe, from revisionists were merely uh, the products of their time, and that's no longer allowed. It's just not allowed. Whether it's the name of a lake or a book, the the task of the revisionists will be endless. It will it, it'll be exhausting. They have to get up every morning and wonder, I've got to find something to be offended about today. <laughs> I've got to change. <laughs> what a burden. I've got to change. I've got to remove. Uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder's name from a medal. I've got to change the name of Lake Calhoun. Your work will never be done, but it proceeds. What's that? Lake Calhoun got changed to what? Uh, uh,
1: Lake Calhoun? Yeah. Oh, that got changed to... Yeah,
0: something like that. Yeah.
1: Well. And, and that's a... Think about that also. That's a modern-day... Uh, prompt somebody thought this is something that really needs our, isn't there other things that need their 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 attention of librarians and and young uh, readers. Librarians
0: and, for the most part are mysterians, but why why did they did they wake up this year and decide that they needed to target her? What weren't they this sensitive
1: two years ago? I'd be interested to know why
0: <laughs> weren't they this sensitive. Last
2: year they were but now they're empowered. I guess. That's what it Are is. Are they
1: empowered
0: because it's a they're re, it's a Trump thing or Yes. Yeah, a bit. Because they know
2: like you mentioned last hour, they'll be lauded. But Obama
0: defended to kill a mockingbird. Remember? Yes. He stepped forward and defended to kill a mockingbird and said my kids read it and they they can certainly continue to read it. He he offered wise counsel about that. The America, they, they, then they probably patted themselves on the back down in New Orleans at the convention and said, well, I'm glad we got that taken care of. Yeah. We've really straightened a lot out now about the world's problems. Right. What do you think an author would rather win? The Laura... Fifty years ago,
2: a film came along that instantly captivated the nation. Based on the timeless novel by Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird brought to life an unforgettable tale of courage and conviction of doing what was right, no matter what the cost. And it gave us one of the great heroes of American cinema, Atticus Finch, played so memorably by the late Gregory Peck. Half a century later, the power of this extraordinary film endures. It still speaks to us. It still tells us something about who we are as a people and the common values that we all share. So I hope you enjoy the film. And if you haven't already, I hope you get a chance to read the book. It's an American classic and it's one of my family's favorites. Now, to kill
1: a mockingbird.
0: Didn't we give him a ray of hope for Yes, yeah. We
1: did. Yes.
0: Well, if you're Very. an author of a children's book, what would you rather win? The Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal or the Children's Literature Legacy Award?
1: Uh, give me the uh, Ingalls. I want the Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal. <laughs> Bring it.
0: Yeah, I don't want the the library's made-up thing, Children's Literature Legacy Award. Right. What's
1: that history? That's well, B, really
0: as, B history. as in B, S as in i I'm being told that the uh, Little House on the Prairie television series had no, uh, or very little relationship to the books she wrote.
1: Huh?
0: Say uh, the president so was in, the president was in Duluth last Thursday. Yes, right. Yeah, and a writer for Rolling Stone magazine, uh, I guess, just ripped the living hell out of Duluth. But really, well, I think she's from Minneapolis. The writer, I don't know who did it. Uh, Anna Marie Cox, never
3: uh, heard of her.
0: And now the mayor of uh, Duluth uh, has had to uh, uh, respond uh the mayor of Duluth is Emily Larson and she is rejecting the idea that uh, Duluth was portrayed as a grimy city and uh, mm-hmm. i read it I, I i i was aware of this controversy so I, I looked up the piece that cox wrote and and it's uh she was uh, terribly uh uh eager to uh to just rip the hell out of Duluth because she, because she called it trump country so so therefore, uh, Trump's okay. presence in Got Duluth it. gave her the poetic license to find everything else wrong with the place because they had the gall to have that Trump showed up there. Therefore, Duluth must be a, a lousy place. And, then, and you're writing for Rolling Stone, so you're not going to say it's great that Trump visited there. Right,
1: of course.
0: Uh, she did say that Duluth is known for its natural beauty, good health and outcomes, relatively low crime and high standard of living. She also disparaged the city as a struggling post-manufacturing cipher with the highest drug overdose rate in the state, commented on a skyline dominated by a stolid, brutalist mid-century relics in a downtown in which every surface is covered by a thin layer of grime. That's not a nice thing to say. Larson took issue with that and chose to respond publicly in an open letter to Cox and Rolling Stone released Friday afternoon through the city. Uh, Shortly after the letter was released, Cox retweeted it on Twitter, writing, I'll be in touch... Uh, In the letter and in a telephone interview, Larson acknowledged Cox accurately pointed out some problems Duluth faces. Uh, I think the writer has some really accurate points, and I didn't want to discount part of the truth she was sharing. Uh, Cox was right, Larson wrote, to say that Duluth, like other cities, has serious issues with opioid abuse and domestic violence, although she also detailed the city's efforts to respond to those problems. Uh, But Larson disputed much of the rest of the piece, including Cox's grime reference. What you call grime, we call reconstruction dust and progress, Larson wrote, just blocks from the arena where you spent your time. We are embarking on a bright future for our main street, replacing 100-year-old pipes, improving our infrastructure to advance our city's energy system and building toward a more efficient Duluth. Uh, Where Cox referred to the heavily democratic city of Duluth as part of Trump country, Larson suggested she not focus just on red and blue politics. She touted the city's green 7,000 acres of parkland mm-hmm. our great unsalted sea. Uh, she even worked in a Dylan reference. Isn't right. your magazine named after a song by some guy? Yeah, he was born here. Uh, Larson concluded by inviting Cox to pay a return visit to Duluth, promising to leave the anger tower light on for you. Uh, Cox apparently has promised to come back. I think she lives in Minneapolis. I think that's what I read. Uh but it was, a, it was a hit piece. It was a, a, a predictably uh, a sour a piece that uh, a basically... Uh, Served no purpose. Well, it basically was tantamount to the old Hillary dragging out the line about the deplorables. You know, and these, look at these poor saps turning out for Trump, and they live in this hellhole of a city and blah, 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 blah. Man.
1: Come on. Ah, what are you gonna I love do? Duluth.
0: You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? We don't, uh, I can't get the
1: Good uh, Deeds channel up and running because <laughs> it apparently is already existing. It's so successful that you're finding many uh, potential entrants, correct? It just oh, celebrated its 10th anniversary. Right. We just got another one, though. A 15 year
0: old girl is being praised for her hands on approach to helping a blind and deaf passenger traveling alone on an Alaska Airlines flight last week. Huh. Blind and deaf would be tough, man.
1: Well, it is because, you know, your communication deal is
0: Clara Daly and her mom, Jane, were traveling home from Boston to Los Angeles when their flight was canceled. They were rebooked on another flight where the pair encountered Tim Cook, a blind and deaf man traveling home to Portland. Cook had been visiting his sister in Boston. I observed a woman signing into a man's hand so he could feel her words, said Lynette Scribner, another Alaska Airlines passenger. After watching them for a few minutes, I realized the man was both deaf and blind. Uh, Scribner said once Cook boarded the flight, other passengers tried their best to make the journey more comfortable, including a man who let Cook have his aisle seat. Uh, the man who had given up his seat did his best to assist with things like opening the coffee creamer and pouring it in his coffee. However, the flight attendants needed someone Who could communicate with Cook, and that's where the fifteen-year-old came in to play because she she has been studying signing. So it sounds like the whole the whole uh, everyone on the plane was wonderful. Everyone on the plane was charitable.
1: Wasn't that nice, you know? How nervous you would be not to know where you're going, where you're sitting, that kind of stuff. Traumatic. Well, yeah, and you can't talk to the guy. Right. You got to sign the talking,
0: Matt, Wasn't
1: that? You
0: have to sign the talking.
1: Right. So you'd, you'd be like this. You know, go to the car.
0: But you have to sign the talking in, into the palm of his hand.
1: That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. You would have his hand and you would, wasn't there a. Uh,
0: you know how you always hear, is there a doctor in the house? Yes. They they uh, put on the PA system, is there a signer in the house? And sure enough, there was.
1: I can go, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I can go like this. Look at milk and cookies. Oh, yeah. What's milk again? Like you're milking a cow, really? And then cookies is just. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a movie though about a blind and deaf guy traveling? Or No, that was two guys. Um, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, Silver Streak. Yeah, but that that had that... nothing
0: to do with blindness or deafness.
1: Hear no evil, hear no <laughs> evil, see no evil. Right?
0: You're getting worse, man. You're, you're
2: that was you're, a legitimate. You're falling
1: apart. See no.
2: You're thinking a silver streak. No, see no evil, hear no evil yeah, was, was Gene
1: a blind man named Wally, Richard Pryor, and a deaf man named David Dave Lyons meet when Wally applies for a job in Dave's New York City concession shop. I bet that was quality. I bet Rotten Tomatoes gives it about a, maybe a <laughs> 17% and the popcorn is knocked over.
0: I sat with Tim. Uh, I sat with Tim on the flight. Uh, uh, Daly said, and he just wanted to talk. Hmm. So that's what this young lady—wait uh, a minute—did
1: to well, talk. You'd have to sign with him.
0: That's what she did. She sat there and signed with him. talked to him, in other words. So she she would make my Good Deeds channel. Okay, but but the channel uh, already exists on
2: YouTube. Apparently, well, huh. maybe he was just like everybody else in the airplane, just wanted to be left alone.
1: Right.
2: No, he
0: wanted to talk. Oh, okay. And news of this, because I'm sure somebody had to film it for their Facebook or InstaSMap or mm-hmm. whatever, news of this went viral. Uh, oh, yes. Went viral. Hey, viral, the word that's banned from the Krabby Coffee Shop. You can't use the word viral. Virus, it means of or pertaining to a virus. It has nothing to do with the, how many times your tweet went out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: I bet you're getting a lot of feedback from those columns, huh?
0: Uh, more than almost anything I've ever written before in my life. Because people people want that. I live in Cincinnati. I'll be in St. Paul the second week in July. Where is it located? <laughs> <laughs> it's just fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, uh, it'll become uh, even more popular uh, because uh, Kenny and uh, Pat, uh, I think, will try to work it at the fair. Do sell coffee or something. I think so. Or, no, we can't sell it because that would violate some food rules. So they'll maybe they'll just it. have lousy coffee to give right, people. right. Say, uh, we'll so be back mean. shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now.
4: Well, we are looking at a pretty dismal day to start the week on Wall Street. The investors are really rocked by all of these trade concerns. And right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 407 points. It was a lot worse a little while ago. The Dow approaching a 500-point loss today. But then about two hours ago, it was down only 300. So the market really bouncing around a bit in late trading today. The NASDAQ Composite is down 191. The S&P 500 is down 47 points. Despite a couple of last efforts to keep the chains alive it looks like it is the end of the road for Toys R Us and Babies R Us the stores that remain open now will all close by Friday and some won't even make it that long with some closures set for tomorrow Wednesday or Thursday Harley-Davidson said the new tariffs enacted by the European Union will raise the cost of bikes exported to the EU by about $2,200 but the company said it will not raise the retail prices of the bikes because it believes passing the costs on to customers would have an immediate and lasting detrimental impact. Instead, Harley plans to shift production of some EU-bound motorcycles that it makes in the U.S. to international facilities to avoid the tariffs. I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN.
1: All right, thank you very much for that uh, Monday report. Mr. Vail, we'll talk to you in one hour. Meanwhile i got to tell you that the Adrian Heath Show is taking the show on the road. Adrian and Jamie Watson will be live this Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. at The Local in downtown Minneapolis. It's presented, of course, by Heineken. A fine beverage. Come out for soccer talk, drink specials, and many prizes. More details about the Adrian Heath Show Tuesday 6 to 7 at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword on that is events. At this station.
5: Here's John Hight Thank you, Joe. It's partly sunny and 81 degrees now. This update brought to you by Metafast. The Twins are off today. They'll be in Chicago tomorrow to kick off six games against the two Chicago-based teams. First three against the White Sox, then three against the Cubs. They'll finish up that road trip in Milwaukee before coming back home. They uh, did make some roster moves. The Twins yesterday optioning starting pitcher Fernando Romero to AAA Rochester to take his place on the roster. They've recalled reliever Alan Busanitz and outfielder Ryan Lamar also opt- and they'll make a corresponding roster move before tomorrow's game. The events are still about 10 months out, but planning for the NCAA Men's College Basketball Final Four is underway. June marks the start of monthly visits by the NCAA to the Twin Cities, and organizers are gearing up for April. Kate Mortensen is the president and CEO of the Minneapolis Final Four Local Organizing Committee. She said it takes a lot of work to make it look easy. Mortensen and Minneapolis Final Four Local Organizing Committee just wrapped up a visit from the NCAA, hosting about 40 different meetings with city and county leaders. Mortensen said every month we're going to be drilling down to a deeper level of detail. Included in the meetings are Minneapolis Police, announced as the lead lawyer law enforcement agency for the event. News notes from today. All 13 members now of the Minneapolis City Council today signing a statement calling for the quick release of police body camera footage in that fatal officer involved shooting over the weekend. A report from the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office says 31-year-old Thurman Jr. Blevins died of multiple gunshot wounds. At least one of the officers involved in the shooting did have a functioning body camera. Today, all 13 members of the City Council signing the statement asking that the footage be released for public viewing as quickly as possible. ...as legally possible. Former Shakopee superintendent... ...Rodney Thompson is now facing new charges... Thompson, arrested in November, originally faced 21 charges in connection with misuse of a district credit card. Didn't he buy like, Vikings tickets and all sorts of stuff? All kinds of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, stuff. he's got new charges. He's been charged with six counts of theft by swindle, 13 counts of embezzlement of public funds, and two counts of receiving stolen property. Oh, well, According to the new court documents, he is now additionally been charged with two counts of misdemeanor computer theft, a misdemeanor count of computer damage, and a gross misdemeanor count of unauthorized computer access. According <laughs> (laughs) to the Shakopee Police Department, the new charges are connected with the unauthorized access and alteration of a Shakopee School District Google Drive account after Thompson's employment had been terminated. A criminal complaint says Shakopee School District officials noticed suspicious activity during an audit of the district's Google Drive in May. Officials found activity related to an email address that was neither approved nor assigned by the district. Authorities say uh, Thompson set up The email address prior to his termination, in order to share documents he could access with his approved superintendent email account to his personal account. Authorities could see Thompson accessed and downloaded several files on the district's Google Drive, which included name, special education designation, ethnicity, gender, and student ID number for hundreds of students, according to the complaint. What's the, what's the, what are we suspecting him of? Uh, What's well, the draw to do that? I don't understand Yeah, I don't get it either, although none of that is can be made public by law, so he shouldn't even had access to but it. what so so he can get his work email at home. big deal. Uh, well, no, no, it wasn't his work email. Oh. It, it was materials that he shouldn't have had access to, especially after his termination that he, well he had
0: his hands everywhere.
5: He yeah, he's he a dead. bad guy yeah. yeah according to police, Thompson turned himself into the department on the four. New charges.
2: What does he stand to? I mean, is he going to go to jail? What's what does he stand to face I, here, Johnny? Uh,
5: I would assume. I don't know. Uh, I would think just the 21 cases of embezzlement of public ah, funds. I but, hope so. Uh, I'll yeah. be on paid administrative leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the president's economic approval rating surged six points to 51 percent, according to the latest CNBC All America economic survey 54 percent of americans say the economy good or excellent that's the highest recorded by cnbc in 10 years of the survey the quarterly poll of 800 adults nationwide with a margin of error plus or minus three and a half percent conducted june 16th through the 19th for the first time since president trump took office the survey shows more than half of the public approving of his handling of the economy it appears to have had some impact on his overall job approval rating Economic approval rating, raging six points, uh, rating surging. Excuse me, six points to fifty-one percent. His overall approval rating rose two points to forty-one percent from the first quarter survey.
0: This guy in Shakopee was the super, right? Correct. yes. Okay, wasn't there just a guy up in Stearns County who was a super who was uh, he would uh, what he Ex- went to Quick Trip to expose yeah. himself? Yep. Or, that's correct. Yeah, he was a super too. Yep. Uh huh. Are the supers cracking up? They're like band teachers.
1: Uh,
2: same theory, maybe too many horns. Well, isn't it? It almost seems like they're just seeing what they can get away with.
1: Because it's hard to screw
0: up a super gig. That's the world's greatest
2: club. Yeah, it sounds oh, yeah. like a
1: lot of them have too much time. And here's
0: though. two guys that managed to screw up being a super. That's hard to do. There'll be openings.
5: <laughs> do you think they'll come from people in the club? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> well, when we
0: when Johnny first did the
2: Thompson story months ago, or whenever it surfaced, my original thought was you're using. A credit card issued to you by your employer. Yeah. Why why do you think you're going to get away with making these purchases (laughs) with the
0: the school's money? I'd start before that and wonder, why in the hell would the school give you a credit
5: card? Good point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Considering the fact that they don't have to keep a budget. Right. You know, they can just go over. Mm Mm-hmm. Emergency responders across Southern California mourning the loss of one of their own today after a gunman shot and killed a Long Beach firefighter who was investigating a fire alarm at a high-rise senior living facility. 45-year-old Fire Captain Dave Rosa was fatally shot while investigating reports of an explosion and the smell of gasoline inside the Covenant Manor Senior Care Facility about 4 in the morning. Rosa and another firefighter were hit by gunfire while inside the 11-story high-rise, helping to trace what had triggered the building's sprinkler system and forced residents to shelter in place. A third person, a civilian, also shot, is expected to survive. Firefighters were near the unit when the blast occurred. And shots rang out, and Rosa and the second firefighter were hit. Uh, police took one person into custody. It appears that person is a resident of the facility. Uh, Dury uh, saying uh, Dury, the public spokesman saying, with his voice choking, "This is a tough day." Second firefighter, 35 years old, and in stable condition. Mm-hmm. Legendary restaurant uh, restaurant legendary astronaut Buzz Aldrin, who's walked on the moon, is facing a major challenge at home from his kids. Andrew Aldrin and Janice Aldrin say their 88-year-old dad is in declining health, want to be able to make financial decisions on his behalf. But the NASA astronaut responded by filing a lawsuit claiming his kids are slandering him by saying he's suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. Business manager Christina Corp is also named in the lawsuit filed earlier this month in Brevard County, Florida. Buzz Aldrin told the Wall Street Journal in an interview last week, nobody's going to come close to thinking I should be under a guardianship. Aldrin alleges in the lawsuit that the two kids and carp. Intentionally withheld pertinent financial and business information belonging to him. The suit claims that Andrew Aldrin and Corp transferred nearly 500 grand for their own use. They are accused of elder exploitation in Aldrin's lawsuit. The children, they're seeking control of their father's finances, want him to undergo a competency exam. Andrew and Janice Aldrin said in a statement to the Wall Street Journal, they are deeply disappoint- disappointed and saddened by the unjustified lawsuit that's been brought against us individually and against the foundation that we've built together as a family to carry on Dad's legacy for generations to come. Corp. was fired by Aldrin last month, but continues to represent herself as an employee of the space legend, according to the lawsuit. She has acknowledged Buzz Aldrin's cognitive decline. The children note in their request for an examination, according to the mm-hmm. Journal. Richard Benjamin Harrison, known to fans of the hit TV series Pawn Stars as The Old Man Has Died. Family confirming that this morning. How old was he? 77. Huh. Wow, he's
1: it? only 77? Yeah, he
5: looked a lot did, better. Yes, I was going to say. He
1: didn't ever appear to be in good health.
5: No. <laughs> no. Uh, he will be a, Rick, Rick Harrison. Uh, he put on the pawns uh facebook page today you'll be remembered as the best father grandfather and great grandfather you could have by family and by fans as the sometimes grumpy always loving however often wisecracking and voice of absolute reason on the history television show pawn stars
2: although if each one of us owned a pawn shop in las vegas i don't think we'd be in good health either
5: no i would probably look like i was 400 <laughs> After serving in the Navy and losing big money in the real estate market, Harrison moved his family to Las Vegas in the 80s, eventually opened the Gold and Silver Pawn Shop in 1988, according to his bio on the Pawn Stars website. Harrison was surrounded by family this past weekend and died peacefully, according to the post from the pawn shop. He was, as we said, 77 years old.
0: The show was intriguing for about six to 10 episodes, and then you and then the act got a little. Thin.
1: I got to get my guy Rick. we well, just be the same show
0: over right. and over again. Yeah. No and many it. times, I found myself wondering if you have something so valuable, you know, why are you bringing it to a pawn shop? Why don't you take it to an auction, right, and get what you think you should get for it, rather than go to a pawn shop, right?
1: And the old man, wherever he he spoke, he kind of always had that extra spit in his mouth. You know, <laughs> he never like, sw- like swallow <laughs> and then tell me what you're going to say. He's always mad at Chumley, wasn't always. he? Always mad yeah. at Chumley. Oh, Did yeah.
0: Chumley yeah. survive his uh, brush with the law? I don't think so. I think Chumley went to the old slammer. I don't know. Didn't he? I? Don't, I haven't heard. I haven't, I haven't watched truthful. the show recently. I'll uh, I'll research that and get back to you. I, I'd <laughs> love some information on that. That'd be fantastic. Okay. Chumley, yeah. <laughs> University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing.
4: Here's Joe Sujure.
1: Dave Dahl's forecast brought to you by MetaFast.
4: Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to
3: 81, heading for a high of at least 83. We have hazy sunshine out there, clouds to our west, and some thunderstorms just coming across the South Dakota Minnesota border. I think late tonight, be after dark, and more than likely even after midnight before the showers really move into the Twin Cities. And they'll be, you know, heavy at times. I don't think we're going to have a severe weather threat at all. Most of the severe weather stays way to our south down in northern Iowa. And uh, here in the Twin Cities, anywhere from a half an inch to an inch of rain could fall overnight tonight through about mid-morning tomorrow. Then that should taper off. And by the early afternoon, still mostly cloudy skies, temperatures a lot cooler tomorrow, 75 for the high and less humid as well. Southeast winds around 5 to 10. And then for Wednesday, mostly sunny and warm, 85, 90 on Thursday, Friday up to 96, Saturday 90, and then it begins to cool down after that. Sunday, scattered showers and storms, 84, but it goes right back up as we head toward the 4th of July. We're looking at 88 Monday, low 90s on Tuesday, and for the 4th, probably in the middle 80s, and there will be some scattered thunderstorms, it looks like, on the 4th of July. But until that time, we're going to have locally heavy rainfall developing late tonight, low down to 65. Right now we're at 81, Joe, and I have the records for the day. June 25. 98 on the state. 98. In 1934. 1934. 46. 46. 1957.
0: 1957. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. As Carol Evan does that uh, segment called Land of 10,000 Stories.
1: yes. Is that uh, Boyd Hubert? Boyd Hubert, yeah.
0: I don't know that there's, there's no byline on this one, but I noted that I, I have found my new hero. Uh, a 90-year-old guy in Rochester. Oh, I saw this. I didn't see that. What is it? <laughs> Named R.J. Smith.
1: Okay.
0: He's been collecting golf balls yeah. for 80 years and has 70,000 golf balls <laughs> in milk crates in his garage, and he's going to sell them. He's going to get get rid of them all, and he uh, he doesn't want any money. He plans to donate every penny he must he might get uh, oh, to charity. Charming, he says. It's it's just payback time for all the good health I had to hunt golf balls all these years. Smith said. This guy, I can completely identify.
1: Yeah, you are a hunter.
0: I like finding golf balls now better than playing golf. How many did he put in the washing machine? That's a good. I thought of that same
1: right. thing. How did he clean them? <laughs> is what I want to know.
0: Smith collected his first ball as an eleven-year-old caddy. Uh, aside from his break for military service in the forties, he never stopped collecting balls. Today, the collection fills four hundred and sixty milk crates, wow. stacked floor to ceiling in the garage in his backyard. The crate, the crates contain some seventy thousand balls, no two alike. Well, that's not plausible. That's why I was wondering who wrote this. It, it's not plausible. Though. They are alike. There's there's plenty in the seventy thousand that are identical. Right. You know he's probably got four hundred pinnacles that are all the same. I mean, right. You know. Okay. This it's a magnificent obsession. Smith calls his pursuit of nearly eighty years. In his entire life, Smith has never paid for a golf ball. Instead, he hunted them down mostly in the roughs, ponds, and woods at Rochester's golf courses. This is my office, Smith says with a laugh as he hunts in a wooded stretch along the first hole at Northern Hills Golf Course. He'll come in and get a cart. I'm just heading to my office quick. Hold my messages, says Mike Manahan, the pro at Northern Hills. Manahan compares Smith's ability to navigate the thick brush in search of a wayward ball to that of a goat. (laughs) Midsummer, it's 95, 100. He's out there, Manahan says. He comes back dripping wet. He comes back with burrs in his hair. Smith shows little sympathy for those who lost the balls he's found. No, he said, you're supposed to play in the fairway. (laughs) Smith's collection includes thousands of logo balls from automakers, colleges, and professional sports teams. His oldest ball is from 1917. Oh. My wife always knew where I was, Smith says. I I wasn't sitting in the bar. He does like to sit these days for a few minutes at Northern Hills third hole. That's where a bench was erected to honor Smith's wife, Dee, who died in 2002. I couldn't get her off the golf course, and she couldn't get me on to play with her, Smith said. So I just go hunting golf balls while she played. This guy quite literally got to the point where he enjoyed finding them more than playing. I can identify. I was just going to say. I think I'm doing good when I spend 45 minutes and come out with a bag with 70 in it. This guy's got 70,000. Yeah. That would get kind of. Isn't he afraid of ticks? See, ticks are ruining it for me. The ticks. Yeah, the you ticks don't want to go in there with
2: well, the. You think you just. What do I have to lose?
0: <laughs> well, I suppose. Well, but for over the 80 years <laughs> that he survived yeah.
2: uh, right. not getting attacked by a tick. Forgive me if you mentioned it. Is there a missus? She died in 02. Okay. So she's not nagging him to get rid of this stuff. Well, she played golf while he looked for balls. He for ah. Him. Were you listening? Well, or? I was checking on something. I'm right. sorry.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: Three Wait, months ago. Is it okay?
1: It's good? We're good. Okay.
0: Three months ago, Smith was diagnosed with cancer. He's oh. awaiting further oh. tests to determine how quickly it's spreading. Okay. Uh, but Smith has concluded it's time to sell his collection and donate the proceeds. God has given me everything i've ever wanted in life and i've never had to ask says now uh smith will be able to say he gave at the office too Ooh. okay, okay. <laughs> hey Hello. Rook, how would the cp handle uh, 70,000
2: golf balls in the garage
1: boy uh, even though the garage is his domain <laughs> i think uh i think he'd hear about it every time she came home from the grocery store and you know didn't have a place to set her grocery bag <laughs> she can't set it on the 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 hood <laughs> So there really wouldn't be any counter space there. Seventy thousand—that is a lot.
0: What are you going to do with only seventy thousand? <laughs> well, I wonder how many of them are any good. I wonder what I wonder what this will bring at a sale. I, I it, the story is a little incomplete. We don't know how he intends. I bet to. there's some collectibles that have neat logos on them and stuff. Well, the 1911 ball, I believe that was the Gutta Percha era. Hmm. It's a very dimpled. Uh, it looks like a, just a mass. I forget what era thats Gutta is. ...gut-a-percha.
1: Yeah.
0: It looks like a mass of just uh, rubber bands held together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's got them all in the egg cartons.
1: Oh, that's how he... He didn't just throw them all into the milk cartons.
0: It appears that the egg cartons are full of balls, and then he places the egg cartons stacked on top of each other in the milk cartons. Huh. I well, don't think he gets the car in the garage. I wonder how he
1: divides everything up. wonder how he cleans them. Rye washer? No. Throw them in the washer.
0: Well, uh, I have no idea what that would be worth, but boy, that would be a hell of a thing to own. I, I can. I haven't bought a ball in at least five years.
1: I remember the last time I bought a golf ball. I haven't. I only went out golfing one time last year with the kids, with the boys. I mean, they're out there. You can find them. You can find them. Let's you can go look them. for some golf balls. Let's go. You can, kids. Get let's go look. Here we go. Where do we go? We're gonna
0: go to the park. I bet there's people. Who live uh, on the perimeter somewhere of the Highland uh, 18-hole golf course? Yeah. I bet they've got a lot of golf balls.
1: I know I've shot several golf balls into bushes on people that live on Highland Parkway. I'm not, I'm picturing Como. I don't think anybody really lives close
0: enough to Como to get golf balls.
1: Um, Nor not Phelan. Not really. Maybe Nor, Nor like- Phelan. Nor Keller. You'd really have to be on the, uh, if you're on the north end of the Como course, possibly. A a Patrick Royce errant shot might have reached the bushes. I got to line up this way. Got to line up west. Why are you facing me? All right. (laughs)
0: urban wildlife, and a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. Twins didn't have a very uh, fruitful homestand, did they?
5: Well,
2: it was okay, but they really had a clunker against the Rangers this weekend. Thank God Barrios was magnificent yesterday, or they could have been swept. But They just can't. Their lineup is a joke right now. They can't get over the hump. Their lineup is a joke.
0: There's six games now still.
2: And that's the shame of it, because they're getting really good, well, outside of Rizzy, who was god-awful on Saturday, but they're getting pretty good starting pitching. How about Santana? Any news on his finger? Apparently, he is not hitting 90 yet with his velocity, which is troublesome. Uh, I don't think we'll see him anytime soon. New I can't Jordan imagine. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him at any point this season. Okay,
0: they're figuring that's a long-term project? Well,
2: I, I've that's been disputed by your 3 o'clock host, but... Uh, He's not even hitting right now at Class A.
0: What about Buxton?
2: Uh, There was a rumor he would join them in Chicago, but now the report is that Jake Cave will join them as an outfielder.
0: Well, maybe paddle and lighten us more in just a moment. 1,500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 81. Sports is coming up next.